You are now connected with Enclave for Entrepreneurs at O'Hare International Airport in Elk Grove Village, Illinois. Enclave O'Hare, the local to global learning and earning center for entrepreneurs and their influencers. Entrepreneurial Energetics, the act of transforming an entrepreneur's core generative energy into sustainable socioeconomic power. We come to you tonight with takeaways from our March conversation at Enclave O'Hare. My name is Michael Gross. I'm one of the owners of Clutch Global Logistics. We're a family-owned international freight forwarder, uh, supply chain improvement company. Um, came to Enclave because, like they said upstairs, I mean, business is, is only part of the equation, and the people running the business and the people working for the business are the other part. So understanding more about yourself and and how you're running the business and what you're trying to get out of it and your personal aspirations. Mm-hmm. Um, if you don't know which way you want to go, you don't know if you're taking a step in the right direction or the wrong direction. So yep. seems like a good place to learn it and some fantastic people to learn from. That's awesome. Uh, one of the things that we talked about earlier was, you know, the seven reasons, that article, the seven reasons why, you know, you really shouldn't get into entrepreneurship, but it might be, you know, kind of a common theme. As an entrepreneur, uh, can you tell us a little bit more, you know, about um, maybe what you learned or, or any takeaways from that? You hear a list of seven reasons you shouldn't get into entrepreneurship, and I, I'd be lying if I said I didn't sit in the audience and say, oh, oh, that one yeah. hits me. Oh, that one's true <laughs> for me, too. Um, I think most most people, would, if they're truly being honest with themselves, they'd say, I got into entrepreneurship for a variety of reasons. Um, some circumstance, some happenstance, luck, disappointment in what you're currently doing, uh, a nice change, it's trendy. Um, money, flexibility. Uh, so I think it's enlightening to think about some of the, the negative reasons to get into entrepreneurship and, yep. and the downsides that those can cause and the repercussions that they can cause. Um, but when you look at the negative, you also get to look at the positive and say, what are, the, what are some of the really true reasons that I feel like I got into this? Why am I still in it? So it's nice to refreshing to know that I'm not completely crazy for getting an entrepreneurship for some of the wrong reasons. Mm-hmm. Um, but I think the more important thing is thinking about some of the right reasons I feel like I initially did it. Mm-hmm. Um, and then what I'm trying to t- reconcile now is, are they still true? Um, and if not, what are the new ones? Right. Um, what's going to keep me waking up tomorrow? And is that one that should keep me waking up tomorrow? Yeah, because they talk a lot about here, it's it's a journey, right? It's, it's not just a point in time and then yeah. that's going to be true forever, right? I mean, this is a journey that you and, and your family are on with the ownership of your business and it's going to be yeah. changing forever. Definitely. It's like strategy. It's, it's good till tomorrow, then it's got to change. So. That's right. Uh, this is like self-strategy here, which is fantastic. Yep. Um, the back half tonight, we talked about um, just the state of entrepreneurship in, in the nation and um, the awareness that politicians either do or do not have, right, of the struggles of yep. a uh, you know owning your own business. So can you, t- you know, touch on that a little bit uh, and, and kind of your feelings on that? Sure. So I, I've been really fortunate to be involved with some organizations that have actually gone and done Hill Day, a large number of entrepreneurs going to Capitol Hill to try and see change, make change happen, drive change. It's scary. I think it's unfortunate where the state of things are with entrepreneurship. Big companies, big money, big lobbyists. Um, it's no surprise that such a fragmented, quote-unquote, industry as entrepreneurs is, is not powerful in making change happen. But I think there's hope, mm-hmm. and that's the exciting thing. I mean, when you do look at the big companies, Amazon did start with some, some funding from other some other people, VCs, and, uh, and grew into something big, and everything's got to start with a seed. Yep. So I think there's hope in terms of who we are, but a lot of the entrepreneurs that do make it big have to remember where they came from and remember the struggles they went through so they can help those that are in the next uh, pipeline to struggle through.
So, Dr. Tony Pristel. Hi, Scott. How are you? I'm great. How are you? I'm doing very well. I hope you'll call me Tony. (laughs) I will. I will call you Tony. (laughs) One of the things that I learned tonight personally, uh, John pulled out an article and talked about you know, the seven reasons why you probably shouldn't get into entrepreneurship yeah. uh, and start your own business. And it, it sounded to me like those are pretty common themes as to why people do get into those businesses, right? Um, so can you shed a little bit of light in regards to, in your experience that, you know, John and you both mentioned, you kind of, um, you know, had an experience where you had the opportunity to become an entrepreneur. Mm-hmm. Um, for those folks that might think, you know, some of the things we talked about, you know, I'm very good at something, so I could go, should go start my own business, or I want to make a lot of money, so I should start my own business. How does somebody, um, you know, if they're if they're practicing metacognition and they're thinking things through thoroughly, how do they become aware enough to say, okay, these are the right reasons for me to get into business? Well, it's not like money doesn't matter, right? Because you want to make a living. Yep. Right. And it's not like 100 percent that if you're good at something that doesn't fundamentally work, Mm -hmm. um, because you ought to love what you do. Mm -hmm. You ought to be interested enough in doing it so that if you don't get your pay, you're still enjoying what you're doing. And you've got the wherewithal to innovate and to create and to go deeper with what you have or to go on another tangent that's related to that. So. I think you have to look at the big picture, mm-hmm. you know, um, and you have to be practical. And I think that's what John is really referring to is that you've got to be practical. You have to be disciplined. Would I have done this if I didn't have the head start? I would have been afraid to because I was half the income in the family. Right. And um, it's it's double scary to do it when you do have a head start, right? Mm-hmm. So to have no support would be overwhelming. But I think that what you do is you kind of work your way into it. You know, mm-hmm. you, you take baby steps that turn into bigger steps and then bigger steps still. And so a lot of people, they they have this interest, they have this passion, they have this belief, they have this skill set. Mm-hmm. Um, those are all important things. And then they have this other full-time job, right? And they take a little bit of time and they devote it to this little thing that they're kind of nurturing along the way mm-hmm. and it starts gaining momentum and it starts growing and then all of a sudden maybe it's 50-50 with that other full-time job and then you know maybe you've got your investor and then you can kind of take it off but right. yeah flexibility freedom control I, I, I said earlier I was really happy to be able to work with the people that I wanted to work with and, and work on the topics I wanted to work on and and those were really important to me. Yeah. How about you? Do you have any interest in being an entrepreneur? Uh, yeah. I mean, there's definitely things to, that I've thought about, right? Um, and, and one of them, uh, uh, selfishly, I guess, to, to say is that I, you know, have developed my, my sales expertise and my sales uh, ability and my ability to ask questions and actually listen to people and then turn that into, you know, profit and revenue for an organization. So, Thinking about what we talked about tonight, yeah. uh, one of those points was that you shouldn't necessarily do it just because you're good at something. The way I like to think about it is there's a concept that's referred to as flow. Are mm-hmm. you familiar with it? I'm it's, not. it's by a Russian researcher, and you may feel that when you are doing your your interviewing and your sure. questioning, but there may be other things that are related to that that go in, in other directions too. Yeah. So follow the flow is kind of. What I would suggest is, you know, it energizes you. It kind of keeps you moving. And um, for those good times and those bad times when the cash flow isn't there Mm -hmm. and you've got to, you know, be generating the leads or you've got to uh, go back to the old clients and, and you know, start up conversations, 
it's always going to be in a realm where it's something that you believe in or that you feel passionate about. And so finding the flow oftentimes is around things that we do well and things that we do well kind of mushroom and blossom into other things is Mm -hmm. because we are in the flow. You know what I'm saying? Yeah. One of the things that I've uh, become self-aware of is that when I do something that is genuinely changing for an organization, if I go in, identify a problem, maybe they weren't sure they, you know, weren't really aware of, maybe they weren't thinking about it in the way that I'm proposing the way that we fix and we actually fix the problem. As an individual, I feel very uh, fulfilled that I'm able to help that person. And um, the other day, I actually signed up a, um, a business owner who was doing all of her you know, kind of back office stuff very manually and certainly not turning this into an advertisement or anything. But uh, I asked her, did this help increase the quality of your life? And during our sales process, we were asking a lot of different questions. And I asked her if she planned on passing this business along to her children. And she actually looked at me and I don't think she recognized necessarily what she was admitting when she said this to me, but she goes, oh no, I wouldn't wish this upon anybody. Because of the level of stress and, the, and and what she has gone through to get this to get this up and running, so right. the so value. So how did that make you feel? Fantastic. Yeah. The value that I brought into her life as a person is the win for me, right? I mean, of course, as a salesperson, yeah, I get a commission check and that's great and dandy, but the uh, feeling of accomplishment of uh, helping another person is where I feel the spiritual side, and, and that's where it comes down to uh, when I hear it on Clave. It's not work-life balance. Yeah. It's, it's how does John put it? He calls it work-life alignment. Work-life alignment, right. So me as a person wanting to help other people and doing it through business, you know, there's nothing better than that. So meaningful work is a core value to you. Yeah. So one thing that I would definitely suggest that you take the time to do to, to kind of fuel your thinking about what direction this might go down the road mm-hmm. would be to take a values exercise. Sure. And, you know, to try to understand, well, what are the values that are most important to me in my work, my mm-hmm. life outside of work? What are the things that bring the most identity and meaning into my life? Mm-hmm. And then kind of look at how they overlap or not overlap with each other and use that as another cue. Mm-hmm. And the one thing that you're talking about that's really, really good is the fact that you're so aware mm-hmm. of the feelings that you have when certain things are happening. Mm-hmm. And that's going to be very self-informing for yeah. you. Well, and... and- I will tell you that Enclave has helped with that tremendously. Yeah, so, I bet. I bet. What would you say to the entrepreneur that's feeling a little apprehensive about taking a look at Enclave? Well, the word that came up tonight that was really useful, would have been useful to me too, and I, I guess I had it um, in retrospect. The word is community. Mm-hmm. Um that's what you'll get at Enclave. You'll get people all over the map. They'll be at different points in their thinking and in, in, in uh, how far they've they've gone with this idea or maybe they've started maybe they started once and they failed Mm -hmm. maybe they've never started before but the one thing that you have in common is that you're all interested in entrepreneurship and having a community of people to talk about this idea with Mm -hmm. the ups the downs the pros the cons the things that you need to think through Mm -hmm. that's what you'll get at enclave and you can do that and establish trusting relationships and feel that support and feel that clarity through interaction with others and through the curriculum here Mm -hmm. and the tools that they offer that's great yeah thank you very much Kyle Kipperman, also go by Kirill if you can pronounce it. <laughs> and uh, what, what do you do? I own a, a custom cabinetry business here in El Grove. We do everything from design to manufacturing from scratch, as well as installation, uh, so a full-service facility. You're a busy guy. 
Quite. At that's the great. expense of my sanity and my sleep. That's right. Well, that's why you're at Enclave, right? <laughs> Absolutely. So um, tonight, the first part of tonight, we discussed um, just, you know, general self-awareness of being an entrepreneur. And uh, one of the main points was, you know, why people get into entrepreneurship in the first place. So can you tell us a little bit about, you know, why you decided to get into your own venture um, and, you know, maybe something that you learned tonight as well? Um, so some of the things that have driven me uh, is the people aspect of it. Uh, because if you have deep enough pockets, you can reproduce anything you want, right? Right. Uh, so to me, it's all about the people. They are the only the, the only thing that you cannot replicate if you have deep enough pockets. Mm-hmm. If you surround yourself with people who have the potential to be better than you, to people that you can tap into their potential, right? Um, you can you can really uh, un- unravel something special. And some of the folks that work for me now, uh, I don't see them as employees, right? I see, I see them as part of my family. Mm-hmm. And they don't come for the money and have told me that because they can go and get paid better somewhere else. Mm-hmm. They come there because they, they trust me. They trust other people that they work with. They enjoy it and they feel like they are fulfilled. Mm-hmm. Uh, so that's, that's another thing that is at the core. I wanted to create a place where people wanted to come to work. Not everyone wants to be an, uh, a business owner. Not everyone wakes up in the morning and says, I, I want to put my, my life's earnings on the line and put my relationships at risk and not sleep and wake up in the morning right. because I have so many concerns. Right. But I do want to be part of something special. Uh, and I think that's, that's another thing that, that drives me. Uh, is people and giving back and helping them develop. Your dad ran a business in Europe. You've come here now and now you're you're running a business here. So is there any contrast or was there any, you know, takeaways that you had uh, from our conversation tonight? It, it was interesting as I reflect now and I definitely want more time to pass for, for the thoughts to simmer. Uh, Ukraine, especially in the 90s after the collapse of the Soviet Union, was a, a very corrupt place. Uh, not even at the levels that you see now. Uh, people were fearing for their safety. Uh, as a matter of fact, my dad has now shared with me that there were, th- uh, there were threats against his safety. There were threats against me being kidnapped as a little kid wow. uh, because he, he was a small business owner. And those are some of the barriers, some of the mental aspects that they had to deal with. Uh, whereas here, we were talking about the barriers of uh, startups where, you know, it can be a high licensing fee, mm-hmm. right? Or it can be um, a difficulty to get uh, financing right. or lines of credit mm-hmm. or networking with other, other business owners or entrepreneurs. I, th- I think they are real barriers, but in comparison to people threatening your life yep. because you have something that they want, it, it, it think it puts things into perspective in my mind. Well, and I, and I've had this explained to me before where, you know, it's, it's, your word choice is interesting because a barricade, right? Well, a barricade is something that you can maneuver and get around, not a total blockade, right? And it's in your experience and from what you've seen growing up, well, Hey, these are things that are definitely going to be a challenge. It's going to be hard for me to get my business up, but from a mental standpoint, that's something that you're going to be willing to work through and get over. Without a doubt, without yeah. a doubt here, I, th- I think there, there are real problems but if you start in a saturated industry, you have an idea, but it, you, you, maybe you're replicating an idea that's already there, but you feel you can, you can improve on it. Mm-hmm. No one's going to come at your door and threaten your life, sure. most likely. You can open a similar business right next door. If anything, competition in the United States actually generates uh, additional opportunities because people see that, that 
um, as a hub now, right? I can Correct. go and I can shop around. Mm -hmm. um, so uh, the barriers for entry here in the United States are don't feel as uh, significant as they do in some of the other countries that are still developing that still uh, corruption is a real, real part of life. Yeah. For all of our listeners, remember that understanding energy is not just for scientists. The more we understand our entrepreneurial energetics, the more likely we are to succeed. For more information on our monthly conversations at Enclave, please visit EnclaveForEntrepreneurs.com. Thanks for listening.